0: my job. I will not quit it. Pulled me out the depths when I thought that I was finished. Yeah, I question.
1: Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Anthony Alvarado from Rise and Grind Recovery Radio, and this is the last episode of the year. I know we just started a couple months ago. Over the last nine weeks, we've had some unbelievable speakers, stories, leaders, advocates. We even had individuals that are in office. And really, this show has been able to create a situation where we cannot uh, only uh, share our stories, but we also can reach out uh, to those that are in need, to those that we know are struggling with the disease of addiction Ultimately, we're looking at helping to create advocates all throughout our community, here locally in the Green Bay area and beyond, across the state of Wisconsin, throughout the Midwest, and throughout the nation. Our country is, unfortunately, uh, facing some challenging times. And the challenges are on every level. Uh, We specifically are focusing on mental illness and addiction, specifically focusing on helping uh, communities to create support for individuals that are in or seeking recovery from all things. Look, guys, we all struggle with uh, things in our day-to-day lives, whether it's stress or anxiety or, or you name it. Uh, and that's what this effort is here is to support those individuals that struggle and, and in some senses support everybody. Um, this show, this week, um, this month, Uh, has been sponsored by a local Nina family who has a loved one in recovery. Uh, Fresh new in recovery, too. Just uh, several weeks ago, this person decided to change their life forever. And in part, that is changing their family forever. It is beautiful to see people in recovery, and this family wants to continue to support those that are looking for the same pathway or need to find the same path. So they decided to sponsor our show, Rise and Grind Recovery Radio, uh, which, by the way, I wanted to put out there this is going to be um, available on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, YouTube we also have it via our blog and our news feed also at WTAQ.com we even are on the AM FM radio station 97.5 every single Sunday at 11.30 AM typically every Sunday of the month we're soon going to be on the Sober Nation Network and also Spotify again thank you everyone for all the support We could not have done this without you. Your efforts, your support is helping individuals in our community. And I know deep down in my heart, it is helping to save lives. Thank you so much. This week's episode and interview with the Roselle family um, not only has been extremely important to me, but I think it will be extremely important to the community. Unfortunately, they recently lost their son, Zach, to a heroin overdose um, back in October. And they were able to join me in the studio and share his story and give a voice to their son in hopes that it helps somebody else out there that is struggling today or even encourages and empowers uh, families that are going through the same thing their family has. Please take a moment and keep them in your thoughts. Keep the Roselle family in your kindest thoughts. And even if you don't get a chance to reach out to them directly, uh, support them. This is a time that they need it, and so do many other families in our community. Thank you so much for listening to this interview.
2: Looking to bring a positive message to your next event? Contact Air and Allies. Aaron Allies specializes in bringing entertainment to recovery events, daytime music events, and family-friendly community events. Aaron Allies also specializes in bringing artists who bring a positive message to reinforce a better lifestyle to events like Mile of Music. Aaron Allies can also help you plan and organize your event to make it successful. To learn more about making your event successful and feature a positive message, email Aaron Allies at Aaron Allies at g com or look for the link on this podcast.
0: Are you looking to prevent drug use throughout your community? Rise Together is a national movement that is helping to educate and spread awareness on mental health and addiction. After traveling 100,000 miles and speaking to over 120,000 young people in just three years, they currently have one of the best school speaking programs in the world. They are now available for school seminars, event speaking, motivational workshops, public panels, and even corporate trainings. Contact them now by visiting www.weallrisetogether.org.
1: Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Anthony Alvarado from Rising and Grind Recovery Radio, and we are in the studio today making an effort to change our community. This is the last episode of the year, and I can't think each and every one of you out there for supporting our efforts here today. And over the last uh, several weeks, the last nine weeks, we've been able to bring into the studio stories of recovery. We've been able to bring in stories of, of triumph, triumph, of redemption, of advocacy, of leadership, on a national and a localized level. We have had the ability uh, to be graced and honored with the presence of uh, U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin, other national advocates like Ryan Hampton, all including uh, Michael King from Facing Addiction, uh, Generation Found, really looking at people that are on the forefront of the recovery movement, And I sit back today, and I am in the studio with a family that has recently lost one of their closest loved ones. And before we get into this story, I just want to set the table, if you will. I am a person in long-term recovery, and one of my... um, deepest-rooted efforts to advocacy is to create a community where my children can grow up um, and be safe and be taken care of. And regardless of what they struggle with, that they don't stay silent, that they can reach out for help, that they can um, be supported, whether they uh, struggle with uh, day-to-day struggles, as we all do, or if my children just so happen to struggle with the disease of addiction like I have, or have a mental illness like I do, that they reach out for help and they actually receive it. My biggest fear is to lose a child. And today I'm sitting in front of uh, two fine individuals that unfortunately have lost their child. Um, today we have in the studio Betsy Roselle, uh, stepmother to Zach, who was recently lost to the disease of addiction. We also have um, his sister and also his father, Ben. And I'm going to let them introduce themselves. But for everyone that's listening out there, I truly believe the power of someone's story, to be able to give a voice to the voiceless, the courage that you guys show is somewhat impossible for me to understand. I truly believe that individuals like yourselves will help to change the world that we live in today. And that a family out there somewhere is listening today and it's gonna bring hope back into their life. And with that being said, it could help save a life. So with all the respect, uh, I'm gonna introduce you guys. to the Roselle family, and why don't you kick it off? Thanks for having us here, Anthony. Um, I'm Betsy Rosell's ex-stepmom. Um, was blessed to be his stepmom for 20 years. Ben and I were married for 20 years just a few weeks ago. Um, I wish we could be here talking about uh, recovery today, mm-hmm. um, but sadly, because we can't talk about his recovery, we can, like you said, at least bring a message of hope. And And we just feel really strongly that because we've been comforted by so many other mm-hmm. people and God has provided comfort to
2: us that we need to then try to share that comfort with others and, and that hope, that hope that um, there are people like you and like your the group Rise Together who are
1: really working mm-hmm. and, and trying to make a difference on, especially removing the stigma mm-hmm. of
2: addiction and helping people to talk about it just like they would any other disease.
0: Absolutely, thank you
1: for being here. and Ben.
0: Hi, Ben. See, I, I think a lot of the reason that we are here is just because of the way that Zach's obituary was written and how open and honest it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did that primarily because we did want to help other people, but also because at that time, I mean, I felt no shame because I realized that uh, his addiction, it's it's like a disease. Mm-hmm. It should be treated like as if... You know, it's cancer, you know, and it it is so prominent right now. I mean, there's like an epidemic Mm -hmm. of heroin overdoses. And I'm not even sure what the statistics are, but just reading the paper and and being at some funerals and just because of the way we shared uh, his story in his obituary, I've been... uh, Approached by other parents and and talked to by other parents of of uh, children that have been lost to the same addiction, and uh, you realize how how big it is and how often it occurs. Um, it uh, it's a it's such a common thing, but people are so ashamed to talk about it, um, because with his with this addiction, especially the heroin addiction, I think people the people who are addicted just to keep using, you know, do some mm-hmm. things that they're not really proud of, mm-hmm. such as uh, pawning all, all their uh, possessions and stealing mm-hmm. to support their habit. And uh, I think this is pretty common uh, with the heroin addiction. But uh, I, th- I think that, you know, it's just, it's just part of the, the uh, symptom of it all. And, and I think if you can recognize that, you can realize that maybe your kids have the addiction. Mm-hmm. You know, I think with uh, this type of addiction and any addiction, so many, so many of us are in denial, um, mm-hmm. and we tend to wanna always think that it isn't as serious as it is, and that it's under control. Uh, you know, and I, I think that, you know, I, I felt part of that. I mean that I that I was in denial, yeah. and uh, other people who love Zach, such as his cousins and and other family members, you know, felt that I wasn't doing enough to get him back into treatment. Yeah. Now, Zachary had gone through treatment, and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. two years earlier, he had a stroke, and uh, he came honest to us after that uh, he had used heroin. and mm-hmm. And although, you know, the hospital, they couldn't really determine that it was heroin that caused his stroke. I mean, I believe it probably was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and because of that, he struggled. He struggled with the, the loss of th- some things physically. And I think even mentally, because of his stroke, he never totally recovered from that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, through, through his treatment, I mean, when he did go to treatment and did come out after his stroke, he was, uh, he was a changed person. He had some really good months. Yeah. And, and they were wonderful. And even in his addiction, when he was using, our family is very tight. We vacationed together. We spent lots of time together. Yeah. I mean... Um,
1: and I couldn't agree. I was actually, uh, you know... I know Bree, and we've met before, and I've uh, you know seen uh, some of the Facebook posts uh, recently, and um, even uh, some of the photos uh, that I looked at so that was most recent. Uh, great, wonderful, beautiful family, uh, smiles. Uh, I saw Zach back there and uh, putting up the smile too, and just even the words of uh, of appreciation that they have uh, been posted towards Zach and you know memories. Mm-hmm. And really sharing those memories and sharing those moments of, of happiness, mm-hmm. right? I, it is um, amazing to see somebody in recovery, and you got a chance to see, um, part of that,
0: right? Well, and, I, and he did. You know, he did so well with it. You know, we were so fearful of going into it, but once he was there, he really opened up, and we had seen a new Zach that we hadn't seen for, mm-hmm. for some time, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I think. You know, he was less... He he always struggled with anxiety, and I think this is all part of why he did use drugs. I mean, yeah. he struggled with anxiety most of his life. He was held up in school. When he was in first grade, we held him back a grade. He always had learning disabilities. Um, he also... You know, struggled when he went to high school because he was still struggling with uh, learning disabilities and had uh, special teachers who were wonderful teachers and uh, did a wonderful job with them. But he was, he, you know, he was bullied sometimes because of that, I think. And I think that affected him somewhat.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, but still, he was happy. Mm-hmm. He was happy, and you know, I think too with him, he's he started out probably abusing prescription drugs, like mm-hmm. like a lot of people who do, finally end up using heroin. That you know, it starts with Vicodin or maybe Oxycontin or uh, just abusing those, and then you know, it made him feel good when he did these drugs yeah. because then he could step out of himself and not be so shy, and he, you know, I think that it empowered him when he did drugs. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think, you know, a lot of his problems started long before he even used drugs. So, and I think that that is true with, you know, a lot of addicts. Absolutely, I I mean. And it can be, you know, you can be an addict and not really be addicted to drugs. I mean, you can have other things that you can be addicted to, such as exercise, food, or food or
1: gambling, or whatever the case right. uh, may be. So we have uh, many addictions that we can struggle with. And I think a reality of it is, is that we all struggle with something, you know, and how we cope. Mm-hmm. Um, that is part of the conversation that we'll get into today. And I just want to just pause for a second and just thank you, like, man-to-man, father-to-father, the strength and the resilience and the courage and your ability to be brave in today's uh interview just floors me mean, this is we're talking a couple months ago that you lost your song and the way you are able to um conversate not only around his story but around the understanding of the disease of addiction it is clear that you are not only a man with a powerful voice. But uh, a compassionate one in that, and I just want to thank you, like Father, the Father.
0: Well, and I think that for me, I've been in recovery for 25 years. Congratulations. And, and uh, you know, I when I first got out of recovery, I mean, I was on fire to help other people, mm-hmm. and uh, I really wanted to go out there and change the world. I, you know, with me, it was alcohol. <laughs> yeah. I mean. I did other drugs. I mean, when I when I go to AA, I also say I'm an addict because mm-hmm. I would abuse anything. I really didn't like myself, um, and I did drugs. And, and I saw so much of Zach. I mean, when I look at Zach, it reminds me of myself. Yeah. And I really believe that he could have, could have beaten this uh, addiction, and I thought he was going to... Um, you know, he was on the verge of going back into treatment. He mm-hmm. did his assessment... Um, but he had fallen in the, in the love with a girl and they had been living together and they had been using together. He had met her in recovery mm-hmm. several years before and uh, they didn't start dating until after recovery. But, you know, I think it did hurt his recovery because I think that really people coming out of recovery shouldn't be involved for a while and you try to stay yep. out of relationships because it, it takes your focus off off your recovery. No, I've been there. I've and, been there. Uh, you yeah, know, I, I think sometimes, you know, we change addictions, and we do things to feel good. And he was lonely for such a long time. He hadn't dated anybody in a long time. And, that, you know, when he came out of recovery, he was feeling good. And actually, he had lost a lot of weight when he was in recovery, which most people don't. And mm-hmm. he was a little overweight before he went in. And, and he just, I mean, physically, he looked better He looked great. And healthy. And, I mean, he was so open and talked so much more and was so much more social after his recovery. He he did his recovery up in Stevens Point at ministries, and and I can't say enough Mm -hmm. good things about that. A great organization. His girlfriend uh, that, you know, the day he died, actually was using with him that day, and uh, she had gone back to recovery after after Zach mm-hmm. had died, she decided to go back in, and she went back to the same place. And uh, we're we're helping to kind of support her and her recovery, not so much financially, but, yeah. you know, because I am in recovery, I'd, I'd like to be doing some meetings with her uh, as Absolutely. far as... And, and I've tried to talk her into kind of coming to some of my home groups. and. Uh,
1: and that's, and that's some of the things that I want to uh, discuss as we get a little bit into uh, the show. Um, I definitely want to give some time to talk about uh, how you support um, your family and also being a person in recovery, what support services you've been able to use in your life to sustain um, 20 plus years of awesome recovery. I think that is crucial for people to hear. Um, also want to uh, shift focus over to Bree and just let you uh, also introduce yourself and give a, a little bit of uh, feedback over. Why you're here today?
2: Um, Yeah, I'm I'm Bree um, stepsister. Um, Pretty much echoing what what these two just said as far as bringing awareness and trying to um, take any of the positive that we can out of the situation. Um, Like Ben kind of mentioned, after the obituary was published, there were so many people that would reach out to us and just thank us for mm-hmm. um, being courageous. And honestly, I, I didn't consider it being courageous when, when we did it. Um, like I think my mom said, if, if he would have died of cancer, we would have said that, no problem. Um, so just, just here to um, kind of thank everybody for the support they've given us. Um, I remember when Zach got out of um his when he when he recovered mm-hmm. the first time he came over to my house and it was so funny because he, like Ben said, just talked the entire time. Yeah. He was he was always pretty quiet, but he was so talkative and he was explaining to me that it was like he was in sixth grade again because he was having all these new emotions that he hadn't had that he was numbing with all the drugs and so if we can even you know help one other family to experience that or or an addict to be able to experience that that's kind of the hope of today i think because family relationships do suffer as you know um you know i think brie and zach they were really close for a long time and then When he was using right it was you know it was hard to be around him so people do put up walls sadly and i remember um you sending me a text brie when zach got out of treatment and you saw him and i remember you excuse me sending a text saying i got my brother back
1: and if you guys need to take a break of course i know this is really really difficult to talk about.
0: Well, I'd, I'd I mean, even like to, you know, go through the days of events when De- Zach did overdose. Um, I was at Home Depot in the parking lot just leaving and close to where he lived. And his girlfriend had called me up and said frantically that he had overdosed and that the paramedics mm-hmm. that she had called 911 and that she also gave him Narcan, which is a drug that is a blocker, which mm-hmm. the paramedics have, but she also Zach also had it around the house, and you know, and I think that with that addiction, a lot of the users actually have Narcan, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, they try to use it as a safety net in case somebody ODs that they can quick give them a shot, right. and right. Uh, you know something that it uh, because he was he he wasn't right with her when he did go unconscious she didn't know how long he was but he was he was without oxygen too long but when the paramedics came I showed up right at that time and and they were administering him. Uh, yeah they were shocking his heart back into working and, and he looked a little gray you know and uh, it was very traumatic to be there mm-hmm. but I'm glad I was and uh, I saw the paramedics get a heartbeat back and then he ended up into the hospital we followed them over there and uh and he looked good after they he yeah. you know after they yeah. got his heart going his color came back and everything and and uh, I was you know I'm I'm pretty smart about that type of thing I mean the way he looked I I thought that maybe he would be brain dead I mean I had that feeling mm-hmm. uh they didn't make that determination until after he was in Uh, ICU and did the CAT Mm -hmm. scan and they stabilized him first and then uh, we uh, we ended up finding out that he was brain dead that he was he was without oxygen too long but in such a short period I mean within 30 minutes I had you know 25 30 people there it's amazing how. Uh, word gets out so quick, and and we had the support mm-hmm. of friends, family, co-workers. Uh, uh, I called the minister from our church, and he showed up there. And and then there shortly thereafter, we had uh, we had uh, somebody come from Madison uh, mm-hmm. asking if we would donate his organs, okay. which you know his mom who isn't here today because I don't think she's ready to talk. Yeah. I mean, it's so raw to her yet. She's really struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, I can but, imagine. You know, yeah. she uh, and I made a decision that we would do that. And uh, and it was a hard decision because Zach was kept alive in order to harvest his organs. And uh, I think it prolonged the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I knew he was gone already. I think for his mother and his his biological sister who came up from Milwaukee it Mm -hmm. was even more of a struggle because of the fact that he was there in ICU Mm -hmm. you could go up and kiss him you could hug him he looked like he was alive Mm -hmm. you know I mean better than he looked for months Mm -hmm. and really and I look at it and I you know I see God's hand in a lot of it that uh, Mm -hmm. they were able to bring him back and that we're able to do that and uh, to give his organs and that he was healthy i mean he really he had never looked better mm. in the last 10 years even though he had been using for you know some time i mean physically he looked really good and it was hard for his mom and his sister to accept that he really was gone yeah and uh, i mean they didn't leave his side for days